for decades. He's been the king of Memphis. It's good to be king of your own little town. You want to see the king? You think anybody would pay to come down and see a sawed-off runt? Bug-eyed Bill Dundee? No, they come to see me, baby. King of them all, right here it is, baby. The greatest wrestler that ever lived and ever will step into a ring. You're looking at him, and I am the champion. And you may be familiar with his work in WWE, too. I'll show you who the real king of the World Wrestling Federation is. It's the most electrifying move in sports entertainment today. Oh, the people down For 50 years, he's been known all over the world as one of wrestling's biggest stars. And now, he's decided to share all of his favorite stories from his 50 years in wrestling with you. Tell me a story. Why don't you put your false teeth in backward and eat yourself to death? (laughs) Oh, that's one of my favorites. This is the Jerry Lawler Show. Hello again, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Jerry Lawler Show. My name is Sean Reedy. Thank you so much for joining us because we have a great one today. Not just one Memphis legend on the line with us, but we have two who uh, have careers going back together, intertwining 45 years. Uh, Jerry the King Lawler and Tommy Rich, two legends. Such a pleasure to be with you. How are you guys doing today? Well, I don't know about Tommy, but I'm doing great. How are you, Tommy? Shoot, oh, I'm doing wonderful, man. Shoot, it's good. It's good to be on here, man. I've been going crazy just sitting home. Not a whole lot of things to do, so I allow us to keep on talking. So y'all might have to tell me to shut up. I've been mocked up tomorrow. <laughs> That'll be no problem. No problem. I think we're all in that same. I think we're all in that same boat. This quarantining is getting yes, sir. old. Yes, I tell you what, it's it's, it's something. I mean, Lord. Well, before, but you know what, before Tommy, before we get into talking about the past, let's talk a little bit about the more recent past. You, I understand that you, we talked a little bit before this, you actually, you and your wife actually had the virus. Is that true? Yes, she was down in Myrtle Beach and uh, my wife got up one morning. She said, we're going to have to go home. She said, I'm sick. So we come home and she had it. Then I had it, and then my grandson, he called it, and I called it again. It took us about a month to get over it all, and we all got a clean bill of health. So we ready to roll. Wow, that's amazing. So you, you that's one of the things they've been asking people. So you think you had it once and got over it and then caught it again? Yeah, because, I mean, I went, you know, I went to the doctor, and I, I was good. And then my, like my grandson, thank goodness for him, I mean, me and my wife, he lives with us, and uh, anyway, he took care of us. I mean, because it's a pretty sick sick. My wife was really sicker than I was. I had about four or five days, and she was just, uh, she was tired, just stayed in the bed a lot, you know. So, and it's different. I mean, like, my symptoms were different from hers, so, you know. And then, and like I said, then my grandson, he got to take care of us. And I, because and I, I went and tested again, and they said I was positive, so I could not and I hadn't been nowhere, so I had to call it from him. You know, he had to call it from us. But now we're all doing good, thank you. Well, that's great. Now, I'm 99% sure I had it, and I just had a miserable cough for like three weeks. What did you have? I was, go- I was going out both ends at first, had a headache, you know. 
stomach messed up, ubby into. So it was <laughs> like my grandson. He just lost his smell and uh, and his taste. You know. So I mean, it, I don't know how you can figure it out because everybody's sensing different things. I think Tommy, you know this guy too, and and Sean, you've talked to him too. Our uh, my good friend Eddie Austin <clears throat> on <clears throat> excuse me on Twitter. He's like the number one King fan. And I just was talking to him last week and he, both he and his wife tested positive and he's been really, really sick. Uh, he's, he's just been, had 104, uh, temperature every, every, or 103 temperature and, uh, uh, just, yeah. and all of that sort of stuff. Hard to breathe, but he's, and, and, and we didn't, and we didn't even have a fever. I mean, that's what's weird. Yeah. It affects everybody differently. Well, I can say that Lauren and I have been really, really fortunate. We've, uh, and, and you know what? It's the reason you say it's so, so crazy. Like you said, you don't know where you got it. Our friend Eddie Austin says he was being very careful. He and his wife, they wore their mask everywhere. They stayed in most of the time. Uh, and he said he can't even imagine where he, where he, te- why, why he got it or where he got it, but he did. But Lauren and I have been, I mean, we've traveled all over the place to Florida. We're in Florida now. We've been out. We went to Dollywood. Uh, with literally thousands of people up there that were not wearing masks or anything like that. And, you know, we've, we've been fortunate so far. We haven't had any problems at all. We really, when we was in Myrtle Beach, we wasn't really around nobody either because everything was still shut down pretty much. So we wasn't really around nobody either. But we come down with it. I guess you just don't ever know. No, you don't ever know. Well, I, you know what I told, I was telling Sean, this, this is, this is one of those crazy things. That it's got the whole country shut down and, and, you know, nobody really knows. It's just, it's just a mystery as to what causes it or how you're going to get it or if you're going to get it. And it may turn out to be, it may turn out to be one of those things where before it's over, everybody may, may get it, you know, and, but did, I think. I know that's the way it's headed. Fortunately, most people, you know, the, the survival rate is, is a lot higher than they, uh, than they originally thought it was. I mean, everybody was thinking for a long time that if you, if you get it, uh, it's like a death sentence, you know, but now we know that that's yeah. certainly not the case. Yeah, I mean, shoot, I'm living proof. If you get it, you don't necessarily, you know, pass away. But, I, you know, like I said, we're lucky. I mean, because there's a lot of families, and God bless everybody that's lost somebody too. I mean, because there's a lot of folks out there that's really suffered, like you said, suffered bad. We've lost quite a few too, so God bless all those that we've lost and their families too. Well, you're right about that. All right, well let's uh, let's talk about something a little more positive. Let's talk about uh, let's talk about t- what we were talking about before. It, it's crazy, Tommy. You and I go back a long, long way. And, and speaking of that, one thing, one of the things that we've talked about recently is the fact that in on September 26th, I talked with Burt Prentice, uh, illustrious promoter Burt Prentice, the other day. And he's finally got that date cleared, September 26th in Jackson, Tennessee, at the Jackson Generals Baseball Stadium, where it's going to be outside. It's going to be the big stadium, seats almost seats almost 8,000 people. Uh, he's going to have a 50th anniversary show for for my career. I can't believe that I've been around in the business for 50 years. It's crazy. And it, that's, it is hard to believe. Bert called me and was talking, and I didn't really, of course, 
I'm right there on your heels anyway, but you just don't think about it, you know, how fast that time flies. But 50 years, man, that's a God, that's, that's a blessing, man. And you're still out kicking it, too, so that's really good. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's true. I'm still kicking, not quite as high, but I'm still kicking. <laughs> <laughs> I heard that. I heard that, me either. <laughs> well, when, you know what, I've, I've told this story before, but when, when actually did, um, when did, what year did you start? I know I can remember me and Jerry Jarrett taking you going up to a barn in Hendersonville there. Do you remember that? Yes, sir. Yeah, that's Lord. That was that was in. Uh, see, I graduated in '74, so that was like toward the end of '75. Yeah, that was a long time ago. Yeah, you're right. You're right there on my heels. You're only five. You were only five years later, huh? Yeah. Yes. You. I've been. Yeah, right there. Shoot, that's it. it's just hard to believe. You remember? Remember that time that uh, first time I was really after that that I was around. Remember we went deep sea fishing, Sam Bass, and Jerry, and Joe, and all of us. <laughs> you remember that? Oh my gosh! I think everybody. I, I I didn't I didn't get sick and throw up, but I think everybody else did on that trip. Poor Sam oh, Bass. Yeah, he, I had most, I had lost yeah. the sickest pills, and I was still, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sure. Yeah. I remember Sam Bass got on the back, Sam Bass on, on his hands and knees. I'll never forget them waves breaking up over that boat. It was so rough out there. And Sam down on his hands and knees crawling to the back of that boat throwing up. Oh, but, it, know, was, it was, it was awful. I tell you what. I think that was, I think that was Jerry Jarrett's idea. And everybody, you know, Jerry, he was the boss then, so everybody went along with what he said. And like you said, it was you, me, Sam Bass, Jerry Jarrett, Tojo Yamamoto, and was Fargo was there too, right? That was Eddie Marlin, wasn't it? Oh, Eddie Marlin, that's right. You're right, Eddie Marlin. Yeah, and Eddie I Marlin. remember, so for some reason, you know, they didn't, either he didn't tell us or it was a last minute change of plans. We decided, we went out so far on this boat. It wasn't all that big a boat, but of course you could sleep. It had little bunks underneath. But for some reason, we decided to spend the night out there. And, and in the middle of the night, this huge storm came up. And, uh, man, like you said, it was throwing that boat. I mean, that boat was complete. The waves were so big. It was actually throwing us up out of the water at one point. It was so crazy. And and I remember the bilge pump, you know, the water started coming into the boat and this bilge pump yeah. started making noise and coming on and we were I, I thought we were really gonna die. And Sam Bass was was like you said, crawling around so sick and the the, the captain started climbing up to go outside to go up into the I don't know where wherever he wherever he drove the boat from was like up up on this high part of the thing and he started climbing up there and while it was, the storm was going, and Sam leaned over to me and said, "Well, I guarantee you that's the last time we'll see that guy." And so, sure enough, the next day when the storm kind of subsided, that guy got thrown around. He had a big cut on his head where he had got, got big thrown. Big black up. eyes, yeah. He, yeah. he was beat up. <laughs> that was some trip. That is quite the crew you had together for that one. Yeah, yeah. That was that was a Gilligan Island crew right there. You're not kidding. I'll never forget. Tojo caught a fish that looked just like him. <laughs> he, caught, he caught one of those little puffer fish. <laughs> well, it wasn't little. It was it was kind of big. And uh, 
Everybody started laughing because his fish would be blow itself up and it looked just like it looked like Tojo's little fat face. <laughs> Lord. Well, we made, we made a lot of trips. If you remember, we, when we drove down there, some of us were in the back of a pickup truck. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We definitely old school. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> had it all. Had the matches back there or something. Yeah. <laughs> they bought all that. Y'all bought all that doggone food and stuff and all that beer and what none of it, none of it drank away. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, we put mattresses in the back of a pickup truck. I don't know. I think Eddie Martin was driving. Me and Jerry Jarrett were in the back of a truck just, just laying down. Oh, my gosh, it was crazy. <laughs> Lauren just said over here, Lauren just said, bunch of rednecks. <laughs> You're right. Now, Tommy, I remember we had you on the, the Jerry Jarrett show, and uh, the story, as it was told, was that you were just desperately wanting to get into pro wrestling, and didn't you have to do some yard work for him first to, like, prove how much you wanted it and things like that? I mean, he paid me. He, I didn't just go over and do it for nothing. He paid me. I worked on his farm. He had me, he had me one day, and, you know, they got a ditch which you dig a ditch with anyway, but anyway, like, from his barn to up to the pump, it's Probably good 60, 70 yards. Anyway, <laughs> he wanted me to dig that doggone hose up out of the ground. And it was about eight, 12, 18 inches deep. So, and that old ground was hard as a rock. And anyway, I got about six foot up. And I thought, I'm just going to have to quit. I can't do this. And I started grabbing it and yanking it up. I, I was pulling it up out of the ground. And he come out there and he said, what are you doing? I said, I'm getting this up like you told me to do. But he wanted me to dig it all up, I think. <laughs> I do remember Jerry Jarrett had bought this. Uh, what was that? Was that right there? But that was a different place than where his where his big house was, wasn't it? Yeah, this was. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> it was out off of Shackle Island out that way back back toward. Uh, yeah, it wasn't his place up there. It was it was uh, the other place he had. Uh, I think Jimmy Kent worked for him over there and burned his horses or something. I think, uh, yeah, the, yeah. That's when when that's when I started working for him. After he let Jimmy Kent go, all the horses he done ruined the horses or something. We had uh, to ride them. I scared to death. Yeah, that one of one of them threw. That was a that was another thing that this is all re- bringing back in my memory. One of them, what was his name? The horse was named Third Q, I think. It threw Jerry yeah. Jarrett and he broke his arm, right? Yeah, yeah, sure it is. <laughs> that was a big old stud horse. Yeah, Jerry up on it, throwed him off. Shoot, he was, that was a big horse, too. Yeah, that Jimmy Kidd had run him well. I don't know what he did to him because I ain't no horseman. Yeah. Uh, but anyway. anyway. Yeah, I remember us having to ride him, run him up and down the hill, and then one day one of them took <laughs> off with me. My feet fell out of the stirrups, and I was holding on to the horn. He rode right at the fence, man. I thought, oh, God, this is it. But anyway, <laughs> he stopped, and everything was good. <laughs> well, anyway, from the from breaking the horses, you went to uh, breaking your back in the little farm down there. He had a little a little farmhouse or something and set a ring up inside there, right? Yeah, we worked out a little bit. Shit, he just Most of the time, we just uh, – he had me for about the first – Three months, they, he'd say, come over to my house. That's when he lived over, 
in that on the lake. Then he was living on the lake. Yeah. And he'd tell me, he'd say, come on over and we'll work out some today. Every time I'd get over there, uh, they'd be have to leave to go on a wrestling trip. I guess he thought I'd quit coming, I reckon. But I kept coming, and then finally we started working out. You know, one thing led to another, and I went, I think, me and Tojo went to Birmingham first uh, and worked with the Bomb Stigers, I think. Then I came to Memphis Inn. Of course, when I first came, I remember the first night, I was, we wrestled in Tupelo, Mississippi, and uh, I was supposed to referee, and that's when, remember Jerry Bright? You remember Jerry, right? Sure, of course. Well, Jerry was supposed to wrestle, and anyway, they didn't want to tell me I was going to wrestle. So we got there, and Jerry acted like he was hurt. So I wrestled Phil Hickerson. I remember that. And uh, anyway, we had a decent match. And then the next night, we went to uh, Jonesboro, Arkansas, and I wrestled Tank Patton. He ain't been working about six months. And then people in Jonesboro, it was it was a bad match. I thought, Lord, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do it or not. Then I started working with you a little bit. Lord, I looked like the Pied Piper. I was, I was burnt. My ribs was hurt. My head was shaved. <laughs> yeah, that was that was quite that was quite the initiation working with me. Well, I remember yeah. I, I, yeah. Just, I just watched uh, the video not long ago of the match where where you and I. You, you're right. You you had uh, I guess you I don't know something was wrong with your ribs. Maybe that was where I had burned you. But then we were wrestling. I think that's where you burnt me. Is what it was. Yeah, and then we we're wrestling a match, and big old Plowboy Frazier wearing those big rings that I had given him in lieu of money, uh, me and Sam Bass, and Plowboy yeah. jumps in the ring, and we started beating you up. You, you, next thing you know, you're all bloody. And then, do you remember Ron Mikulajic? Do you remember him? Ron Mikulajic, football player, yes, sir. <laughs> this guy, he didn't, he couldn't wrestle a lick, but he was big and strong and he was just trying to get in the business. And he came in to your rescue and I'll never forget, he just got down on, on like a three point stance and he ran into Plowboy Frazier and knocked him clear across the ring. <laughs> yeah. Plowboy's Plowboy came to me and he said, Oh Lord, neighbor, let's get out of here. And I said, No, we gotta finish. <laughs> Oh, plow boy. <laughs> and then poor Sam Bass was wearing one of those old uh, polyester three uh, leisure suits. And <laughs> they, you guys started ripping his pants, and they were they were hard to rip. But that uh, Ron McLaughlin was so strong, he was lifting Sam, throwing him all around the ring, trying to rip his pants off. Rip the pants off. Yeah, that was the deal. I was supposed to rip his pants off. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm looking it up online. I think, you know, Tommy's first real shot at the main event, uh, February 16th, 76, you guys had a DQ, but then we came back the next week, 8,000 people there, and uh, he beat you in a no disqualification oh. match to mm -hmm. win the Southern title. So I think that was, uh, you know, that's pretty big as establishing him as a legitimate big star in the territory, right? Every six, day, that was like, Shoot, I hadn't been working a year. I mean, they, but but it was, and I mean, I, I worked out some, but it was getting to work with guys like Jerry and, like I said, Phil Hickerson, them guys. I mean, Phil Hickerson, good bastard. And But they all took an interest in me and helped, too. I mean, you know, because I didn't really know nothing, and, and they was, took the time to show, you know, show you the ropes and stuff. So I'm real appreciative of that. I mean, and, uh, but, yeah, that was that was the first pretty big angle I ever worked with Jerry. 
This is the Jerry Lawler Show. After you, after you had that little, we had that little singles run. Then you teamed up with. Uh, I, I was trying to remember. I guess the fabulous ones who they were red hot there for a while. Steve Kern and Stan Lane. Then I think they left the territory or something. And what did we? Whose idea was it to put you and Eddie Gilbert together? That was Jerry Jarrett. <laughs> <laughs> that was, yeah, that was. Uh, that was, I enjoyed being with Jackie. I love Jackie Fargo, but that was you know that was Steve Stan's thing. I mean that that was a. Uh, you know, I don't know. I didn't. It shouldn't have been done. I don't think. You know, I mean, it was, it was Steve Stan. That was the hottest thing. I mean, so I don't know if that was. Uh, you know, come in and try to follow them with doing their gimmick. I don't know if that was the best. Yeah, we did do the fab. <laughs> well, you know what? Later, later on, I was I was reminded of that when I was up in the WWE and Diesel and. Um, Oh gosh, Scott Hall or Razor Ramon. Razor Ramon. They left the territory, and so the next thing you know, we had a fake Diesel and a fake Razor Ramon. You remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's hard to play somebody. Yes, exactly. Very hard. The The fans. Go ahead. The new Fabs were better than the fake Diesel and Razor. I got to say. Oh yeah, without a doubt. (laughs) Well, well, thank you. Because you guys had some great yeah. matches with the PYTs and with uh, Phil Hickerson and the Spoiler. I th- you know, I think if you had been given maybe just a different name, it would have been a, a completely different story. Oh, yeah. You did some great stuff. Definitely. I mean, yeah, I mean, the ma- matches was great, but, I mean, you just, you know, you just can't, I mean, it just, you know, we should just been brought in as Hot Stuff Eddie Gilbert and Tommy Wildfire Rich, you know. I think yeah. it would have meant more than us doing the fab thing. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad you said that was Jerry Jarrett's idea, not mine. Cause it was. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it was, Mike. <laughs> the split was very memorable, though. The uh, the brawl on TV that you guys had, where you were both just bleeding all over the place, just having a crazy brawl with poor Lance stuck in the middle. Uh, I know that's one that people still love going back and watching on YouTube. Yeah, that yeah that was a mess that day. I mean, that was. Uh, yeah, but we had some good matches. Me and Eddie did. You know, we had some good matches. I mean, so, but in, shoot, I, I look back, man, and I mean, a lot of that stuff's pretty memorable. I mean, the stuff that it did with Jerry, I mean, hiding under the ring, and just oh. all the different things we did. I mean, the tag matches with Austin Idol and myself against Jerry. Of course, Bam Bam Bigelow. I mean, that stuff, I mean, it was all. I mean, it was, it was hot, but then with good angles, too. Yeah, that was that was when Memphis was really red hot. It was crazy. Uh but the time yeah. when we put um and and you talking about you hiding under the ring, <clears throat> that was my match with Austin Idol and that was a hair hair versus hair match and even remember who the manager was? Paul Heyman was there at the time. Yeah, uh-huh. Sure was. I think we but talked that wasn't, it wasn't hair, but it wasn't hair versus hair. It was your hair against uh Austin was going to give all the people their money back, wasn't he? Oh, exactly right. Exactly right. <laughs> You're right. Yeah, that was the first time we'd ever ever come up with that crazy stipulation. The people... Yeah, the, so the people knew they was going to get something one way or the other. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was... uh, it, it was going to be a big night. And then, of course, how long How long did we... How long did you hide under the ring before... Did you get there before the matches started? Yeah. 
Yeah, I got there. Shoot, I got there for security and everybody. They pushed me out on the TV cart. And I crawled up under the ring. I had an air mattress and a six pack of beer. I was off the race. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, anyway, I blow that air mattress up. Shoot. Uh, yeah, because remember, I just remember I went to Japan and come back. I had jet, you know, I had jet lag. So I'd drink a beer and go to sleep. Wake up, pee in a can, drink another beer and go back to sleep. Shoot, <laughs> uh, I was under there for a long time. Shoot, it was a long time before we got out of the ring after, you know, when I come out from under the ring and we did the deal till you hit. Remember, we couldn't get out of the ring. I mean, they had oh. called extra police and everything. Yeah, without a doubt. I'll, I'll, I'll bet you were under there a minimum of three hours. Oh, no. I was under there probably closer to six or seven. And <laughs> I got there about four o'clock. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah now, I was under there a long time. Now, today, in the, in the, like in the WWE, they'll just, they'll just shut the lights off and have a bunch of people walk down to the ring and somebody will slide under the ring right before they, right before the, the, the reveal happens, but, you were under there for six or seven hours. That's crazy. Oh, yeah. Y'all know little Mikey do anything y'all do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're going out there and hide. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but it was fun. Oh, yeah. That was a, that was a big night. That was a crazy night. Like you said, uh, once you guys, uh, cut my hair and everything that, yeah, they couldn't leave. The, the fans were so, uh, so crazy there, uh, who that, that who was the barber was a friend of mine, Ted Cortese. Uh, he was scared to death. Yeah. <laughs> I remember the razor wouldn't work. We had to get it. Oh, it was, I mean, it was something. Remember that boy tried to crawl over the top and climb to the top? Oh, yeah. He got him back down and police beat the daylights out of him. He probably <laughs> wished he'd got in there with us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because he got the daylight to beat out of him. Oh, man, what a night. What a night. Was that one of yeah. the craziest crowds you can remember? That's the most heat I've been around. I mean, yeah. I've been all side. We're standing at the gate. They had police line side by side where it's like a little tunnel. All of a sudden, off hollered, run, just left me standing there. He, he done run to the back. I still out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they have a man for themselves, I reckon. Oh, my gosh. You speaking, speaking of that cause it's kind of situation, remember, remember how it was up in Louisville, Kentucky when, uh, the 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 police up there were awesome, man. Of course, this this was back in the days, like you said, in the in the early seventies. Nobody even thought about nobody even thought about suing anybody for anything. But man, the the fans would go so crazy up in Louisville, and the police would just snatch them up if some if a fan hit one of the wrestlers or whatever. The police would just snatch them and bring them back to the back and just throw throw the fan into the in that back <laughs> room with the wrestlers. <laughs> I remember that, yeah. Yeah, you just so beat, they, the, beat the fire out of, they'd beat the crap out of the fans, and then after that, then the police would say, all right, now, you want to just go out this back door and go home, or you want to go to jail? They'd say, oh, I'll just go home. Thank you, sir. Thank you. <laughs> sure did. I do remember that. Yeah. Oh, I ain't talking about none of that stuff in a long time, but they sure did, didn't they? Oh, they sure did. <laughs> it was a crazy, it was some crazy times back then. Uh, now the, you uh, you also you teamed with the Doug Gilbert a lot. Do you do you and Doug are still really good buddies, aren't you? Yeah, oh yeah, me and Doug shoot. I've been I've been with Doug since he was a little kid too. Shoot, he used to go with me and Eddie 
Oh, Trips, heck, he wasn't even about 14, 13 to 14, man. Yeah, he's, shoot, he's just like a brother to me. I'm the Gilberts, yeah, I've always been around them. Of course, Eddie and Tommy teamed up. I'd always go with Eddie and Tommy was always there, too. So, I, yeah, the Gilbert family, very, very good people, yeah. Yeah, you guys were really. As a matter of fact, I talked to Dougie. I talked to Dougie just a little bit ago. Before I, I called, I called and I said, "Hey, anything special you want me to say about you?" He said, "What are you talking about?" I said, "Well, I'm going to be on Jerry's show and he said, "Oh, he said, he said, just tell him we're going to wear freaking Robert's A. Larry Jackson on on the 26th, right?" Yes. Yep. September 26th. We're going to see what the rock and roll guy. Yeah, that's good. That's going to be great. That's going to be a big night. A few, uh, we hadn't even mentioned the fact that that's one of the matches that, uh, that Burt Prentice has already set that night. He's going to bring back so many of the Memphis legends for that show. It's going to be awesome. And, and he's got you and Doug Gilbert teaming against, uh, Ricky and Robert, the Rock and Roll Express. What a match that'll be. Yeah, I'm sure that's, that's, that's some, uh, that's some experience in that ring. I'm looking, I'm excited about it too. Dude, I'm excited to get out of this house. What am I talking about? So, you know, so just get to come to Jackson. Hey, being your 50th, uh, 50th year man in the business, man, it's going to be a shin dig. I'm telling you, Jackson, and anybody else that can hear it, September 26th, you better get a ticket. Yeah, that should be going to be some home runs now. <laughs> that should be good. You're right. Uh Well, listen, Tommy, how long was it then when what, what led to the fact that when you left, um, when you left the Tennessee territory, oh my gosh! Next thing you know, you were the NWA World Heavyweight Champion. How, how you were, the, were? Weren't you the youngest champion ever at the time? Yeah, yeah, yeah at the time, the youngest. Uh, shoot, I just, uh, I don't know, just time for me to go or something. I talked to Jared. Jared. He got me booked down in Georgia. And of course, first the first night I went, I had me. A, New long red and white velvet robe made. We was wrestling at the Atlanta City Auditorium. I had my mom and little brother came with me. And a friend of my mom's, they come down. And, uh, so anyway, I get to the matches and it's all good. She, I thought I had to do the butcher. That's who I had to trust. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> who bled the most that night? You or him? Old Anderson come to me and said, yeah, he's going to beat you in about 30 seconds. We want you to bleed, blah, 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 blah. And Jerry, Jerry told me, he said, if you get there and don't like it, he said, just call me and I'll get you out of it gracefully. So, <laughs> I come back after that match and I thought, yeah, maybe I need to call Jerry now. <laughs> but anyway, I stuck it out. And, uh, you know, and, and everybody was like you. I mean, and, and the other guy in me Called me, called me. I, of course, I listened. You know, I didn't know nothing. I hadn't listened to anyway. But thanks to guys like you and Harley Race and shoot, just all them, you know, all the guys like that, man, that, that helped me so much. Uh, yeah, youngest world heavyweight champion. I mean, it's just. Uh, now, how did, how, who, who did you beat and how did that match go? Uh, did Were you expecting that or what? What? how did that come about? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was Harley. It was Harley's idea. It was Hardy's idea to do it, and we did it in Augusta, Georgia. But uh, yeah, I knew I, was, I knew I was winning. A lot of people, I don't know, I, I don't know what to think, but yeah, we knew what we was doing. Yeah. Why? Why do you think you caught fire so much in Georgia? I mean, you can make an argument that you were the most popular 
wrestler in the country at one point with the TBS national exposure and everything? I just think because back then everybody was scared to. I mean, like Eddie King Lawler, you had Ox Baker. Uh, you know, every, I mean, that was everybody. You know, I think today, I mean, I think we take and put characters on people. You know, and, and back then, I think everybody was their own character, like Aaron Pontaski. You know, you had Black Jack Mulligan. I mean, great big cowboy guy. And I just think everybody being their own characters and stuff. And me coming to, you know, from Tennessee to to uh, Atlanta, they hadn't had no, you know, cornbread for it, which, I, you know, I went and I was just old car. And plus all them guys was, you know, 250, 240, 260. And I, here I was. 200, 210 pounds soaking wet. And, you know, just very humble. Yeah, and I just think it was something they'd ever seen. And uh, after after the deal, you know, with Abdullah, uh, me and Tony Adams teamed up, you know, and we won the Georgia Tag title, first salt pepper team. So me and him being together, you know, that was back in time when all that stuff, you know, folks still had opinions about it. But, you know, Tony and me was just like brothers, you know, so. So we got over real good, and I think when he left, and I started doing singles, and uh, they just used me pretty good there too, because like I, I worked in singles for a while, and then only put me with somebody to do tag, like Wahoo would come in, shoot, it just you know, and like after Tony and me, um, and Abdullah Butcher, and then that, that night at, at the Atlanta City Auditorium, Abdullah said he told me he said, hey kid, I'll give it back to you one day, and I thought, yeah, right. <laughs> so anyway, we was at the Army on the Thanksgiving night, and uh, Wahoo and Ole always got buses. Well, Wahoo was in the main event with uh, Abdullah, and him and Ole got in the bus, and Wahoo walked out. They didn't have nobody for Abdullah to wrestle. And, I mean, it, they were hanging from the rafter. He said, and they asked Abby, he said, who do you want to wrestle? And they all called me the kid. He said, give me the kid. And Ole said, who? The kid. So anyway, Ole said, he said, Tommy said, anyway, I worked with Abby in the main event. And he told me, he said, I told you I was going to, and he, he remembered that, and this is probably a year or so later. He said, I told you I was going to give it back to you. Tonight's your night. And like in Atlanta, you weren't supposed to go on the floor at all. Oh, Lord. And, uh, and of course, with Abby, hell, we went on the floor. We went up through the stands, and then people were just going crazy. We get back in the ring. And I'm hitting him like, and I, at this time, I might have been 220. And Abby was a good four, 450 pounds, whatever. Yeah. He was big. Yeah. And I'm hitting him. I'm hitting him. He said, slam me, kid, slam me. Oh, my God. Him. And I'm thinking, I'm thinking this is one of them deals where, you know how you go to pick the, the heel goes to pick you up and can't get you up. Yeah. Thought, yeah, yeah, well, he's going to sit down on me, which you wouldn't have had to anyway. But, <laughs> So anyway, I hit him again. He said, I said, slam me, damn it. I said, okay. And I reached down and grabbed him. And, of course, he went up like a bag of feathers or something. And I slammed him. That whole ring about broke down in the middle. And then people went, woo, like that. And, of course, after that, I was off to the races, too. I mean, he, he said he'd give it back. And I had to say I had to do it, give it back. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, you, like you said, you know, you were the young uh underweight you were just a classic underdog i mean that's why everybody got behind you so so much you know yeah i agree i mean you know shoot just very lucky thank you for listening to this edition 
of the Jerry Lawler Show. This was part one of a two-part conversation with former NWA heavyweight champion and pro wrestling legend Tommy Wildfire Rich. Monday will be part two. Sean and Jerry will be back to talk with the legendary Tommy Rich. In the meantime, make sure that you're following the King at Jerry Lawler on Twitter and Sean at SeanReedy16. Enjoy your weekend and be ready for part two on Monday.